turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. And today, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. And I want to speak to you on the subject of crossing, crossing the Jordan. Everybody say crossing. We want to get across that Jordan. This is a story of liberating faith. The story of two million former slaves crossing the river Jordan uh, into uh, freedom. There's a continent called Africa. You've all heard of Africa, right? Well, if you look at a map, Africa is a huge continent. And up in the upper right-hand corner, when you look at the whole continent, it's not very big. But in the upper right-hand corner of Africa is Egypt. That's where Egypt is. Everybody say Egypt. All right, so this is all Africa. This, this, this thing here is, this was invented for cats. This thing right here. Cats love these things. You know that, right? How many of you know that? Oh, yeah. If I had a cat, I'd have about 12 of these things. But so here's, we're going to look at this map on and off through the whole sermon today. So I want you to kind of get a gist of where we are. This is the land of Goshen. Everybody say Goshen. And this, of course, is the Nile River right there. And this is where the pyramids are. This is Egypt. But that is Old Testament land of Goshen where Israel had been in bondage to Pharaoh for over 400. We always say 400 years, but it's like 430 years. That's a long time. So they're in bondage up here in the land of uh, Goshen. And God raises up a man by the name of Moses to deliver them out of uh, the land of slavery. And we might look at this. God could have taken them along this path to Jerusalem, to the land of Israel. Uh, But he knew, he knew that once they got out there, they'd want to go back. He said, you know what, I'm going to take them a different way. And so God, uh, through Moses, led, this is called the Exodus route, led them all the way down here, and they crossed. This is the Red Sea. This is a huge body of water, if you look at it on a map. And they crossed over right down here, what we call the Straits of Tyran, that's about eight miles across. That's about uh, the distance across the San Fernando Valley. It's it's roughly eight, eight, nine miles that that Israel crossed over. Uh, You remember Moses was there? Remember the story of Moses? We're going to talk about this. Then 
they came here to Mount Sinai, which is where they received the Ten Commandments. All right? And uh, then they came up here. They wandered around the wilderness. They were here for 430 years. Then they're in the desert for 40. So it's almost 500 years now. Then they finally come up. This is the Dead Sea. This is the lowest spot on the face of the earth, 1,300 feet beneath sea level. And they come up on the eastern side to a little town called Shatim. Everybody say Shatim. I know it looks like something else, but it's pronounced Shatim. And in order to get to Jericho, there's a river that goes up here called the Jordan River. And they got to get across that river in order to get into Jericho. Now go to the next slide. And this is, uh, this is the Dead Sea. They came up on the east side. This is the area of Shatim. And uh, you can see this is the Sea of Galilee. And the River Jordan runs all the way down from the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea. And in a couple of months, we've got some people going from the church. We're going to Israel. We've got like 200 people going. They don't know this yet. I'm going to tell you, they don't know this. Because I haven't told them yet. Really. Well, I might have mentioned it to them. We're going to take our bathing suits. And we're going to jump in the Dead Sea. We're going to lay there because it's all mineral. And you just float. You can't even, you just float. It's weird. But, uh, so they came across here. And uh, they, got a, they got across this river. See that river? That's the Jordan River. They got to get across there. Then they're going to go in here to Jericho. This is the fortified city of Jericho. But right now, all I want you to know is it's been almost 500 years, 430 in the in, uh, land of Goshen as slaves, 40 years in the wilderness, and they're ready to possess the promised land but there's one problem. They've got to get across this river called the Jordan River. They've got to get across there. Now, I want to read to you the story. We're going to read it. Last week, we read all of chapter 2. Today, we're going to read the whole chapter. And uh, I just want to look at it on a micro level. We're going to read it, the details. And then we're going to do a macro level. We're going to go up about 5,000 feet and look down and see what is this story really about. Because I think it has a lot of application for us here today. So here we go. Early in the morning, Joshua, everybody say Joshua, and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp. They didn't have Wi-Fi. They couldn't do emails. They had to give orders to the people. And here's what they said. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, everybody say Ark of the Covenant. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and you are to follow it. What is it? The Ark of the Covenant. Verse 4. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before they'd never been there before this is all new like if i said you go to simi valley you'd know how to get to simi valley because you've been to simi valley well they don't know where they're going he just said when you see the ark the covenant get up and follow it but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark and do not go near it now i have a picture of what the ark of the covenant looks like it's a wood box it's about four feet long it was covered in gold And inside that box, 
it was the stone tablets that the Ten Commandment tablets were inside that box. Also had a, a thing called Aaron's rod was in there and also a jar of, of manna. And uh, this box represented to them the presence of God. And they carried it with these poles because you couldn't touch it because God is holy. And if you touch the box with your hand, you would be struck dead. So uh, this box represented the Ark of the Covenant was the presence of God. And they carried it on uh, these poles, the priest did. And Joshua said, hey, uh, the next, when you see the priest carrying this, everybody get up and make sure you follow the Ark of the Covenant. All right? Now, let's read the rest. Verse 5. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Everybody say amen. amen. Verse 6. Joshua said to the priest, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. Verse 7. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will bring you, I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant that when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, when you see the water, go ahead and stand in the river. Verse 9. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that He will certainly drive out before you when you go into the land all the enemies, God's going to drive them all out. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Mosquitoites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. They're all in there. Verse 11. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you, now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as, soon as the priest who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of the, all the earth, when they set foot inside the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. We have three more verses to read. Now the Jordan is at what stage? It's very important that you get this. It's at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan, and their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap all the way up there in a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarephan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. And the last verse says, The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation, two million people, had completed the crossing on dry ground. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Now this is really a story about being set free or being liberated. To take a leap of faith, going from living a good life to living a great life. There's a modern-day best-selling business book written by Jim Collins, and the name of the book is called Good to Great. 
And in the first chapter, Collins writes that good is the enemy of great. He says that we don't have great schools because we, you know, we got good schools. We don't have great governments because, you know, we've got good governments. That few people attain great lives in part because it's just so easy to settle for a good life. And I would carry that over to the Christian life because many of us are content to have a good Christian life. We're saved, but we never enter into the abundant, victorious, audacious Christian life that is available to us. I want you to write this down. Crossing the Jordan represents crossing the barrier that keeps us from living our best life. The story of Joshua's leadership taking Israel into the promised land is much, much more than a military conquest. It is a powerful metaphor of how each of us can cross the River Jordan and enter into a new and abundant Christian walk with God. It's making the leap from good to great. Now, I want to go back to this map for just one second. Go, go with me to the map. I want to break this map down into three stages. We're going to talk about all three, but I want to give you just, here's the three stages. The first one is slavery, bondage, and, get it, and being in there for a long, long time, and getting out of there and crossing over the river, the Red Sea, and being totally set free from your past. That's step one, stage one. Okay? Stage two is the wilderness. You're just kind of just wandering around. You're like the cat following that light right there. Not really going anywhere, just running around in circles. That's stage two. And stage three is when you cross over that river Jordan and you enter into the land flowing with milk and honey. So let's go to stage one, crossing of the Red Sea. Write this down. This is God bringing you out of the land of bondage and despair. The children of Israel were slaves for 430 years. Now, no one in this room has ever been a slave, and no one in this room has ever been a slave owner. Now, We've all heard and we know and we've read of how some of our ancestors were slaves or slave owners, but currently today there are no slaves and no slave owners in this country. We praise God that we live in a country that is built on the premise that all men are created equal and that we have built this nation on a thing called freedom. How many of you are glad you live in the United States of America? But if you, would, if you would go back to this period of time when Israel was in bondage for over 400 years to Pharaoh and to the Egyptian people, they, had, they knew nothing but slavery. That's all they knew. That's all they'd ever experienced. But God raises up a man by the name of Moses. I don't know if you know this, but when God called him, he's 80 years old. Most of us at age 80, we're retired. 
But that's when God called Moses. And then there were these, he used these ten plagues down uh, up there in, in Egypt where he kept saying to Pharaoh, let God's people go. Let God's people go. Pharaoh said, no, no, no. Finally, on the tenth and the final plague, Pharaoh said, okay, God's people can go. And God led uh, Israel through Moses down there to the Red Sea. If you've ever seen the movie, The Ten Commandments, you know what happens. They get there, body of waters, eight miles, aw- eight miles across. And uh, here comes, here comes, Fa- Pharaoh changed his mind. And he, go, he says to his army, go get, go get those slaves and bring them back to Egypt. So they're chasing him down there. Their backs are up against the wall. Moses, he stands, he raises his hands like this, and the waters part miraculously into these two walls of water, and Israel walks across the Red Sea on dry ground. They get on this side, eight miles across, and they look, and here comes the Egyptian army, and they get scared again, and they're afraid they're going to go back into slavery And Moses lowers his hands and the waters collapse and the entire Egyptian army's wiped off the face of the earth. God showed up. Now, I want you to write this down. 1 Corinthians 10. Just write it down. 1 Corinthians 10. Don't read it now, but read it this afternoon. 1 Corinthians 10 says... That Israel crossing that Red Sea is kind of like when you're baptized as a Christian. You say, that's not in there. Oh, yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, have you read it? Read it. It says that when you get baptized, it's just like Israel going through the Red Sea. You're finally set free from your past. You're set free from bondage you've been delivered as israel was delivered that's what it says and you're now a child of god so i want to ask you how many of you, how many of you have ever been baptized you've ever been baptized raise your hand look around look around look around okay how many of you were baptized here at this church you were baptized okay so what happened is when you were baptized you are bearing the old you the old sins, you are now delivered. You've now been set free from your past. Because of your faith in Jesus Christ, you've been set free from the burden and the weight of sin. And if and when you die, you get to go to heaven, not because of anything you've done, but because of the miracle of salvation that God brought into your life through Jesus Christ. But the problem is that many of you think that once you get saved, that that's all there is to this thing called living the Christian life. And there is so, 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 so much more than just being baptized and getting saved and being delivered from your bondage. Which leads us to stage two. Write this down. The wilderness, the meandering around. Stage two. Don't live on the borderline. After the Red Sea, after they came out of Egypt, finally, 
they end up in this wilderness for 40 years. If you look up here, they get all the way up to Kadesh Barnea. Everybody say Kadesh. Look, look how close they are. They're like, they're like, they're like four days away. Uh, for 430 years, they were in Egypt as slaves. For 40 years, they're wandering around. They get within just a couple of days of going into the promised land, but because of sin, because of grumbling, because of complaining, because of lack of faith, it is so sad. They end up having to wander around there. An entire generation dies off. An entire generation of people did not get to enter the promised land. Oh, they lived right there on the border of the promised land. And yet they had to settle for the good when God had so much more in store. People lived and died and never got to experience God's best because of sin and disobedience. They lived close to God's blessing, but they had to settle for just existing in the promised land. And today, when I look across this audience, I know there are many people, oh, you're saved, I'm glad you're saved, you got baptized, I'm so glad you got baptized, but you're still, you've never really experienced all that God has in store because you're content with living on the borderline between good and great. Write this down, Canaan is the place of spiritual abundance. And the wilderness is a place of spiritual monotony. Do you know what Israel ate for 40 years? Manna. He supernaturally fed them every day with these little wafers that appeared on the ground. You can read about this in Exodus 16 and Numbers 11. When they first saw it, they called it manhu, which means, what is it? Because they didn't know what it was. And the closest thing that we have found today to what it's like are cornflakes. <laughs> and according to Numbers 11, they had cornflakes every morning for breakfast, they had cornflakes every day for lunch, and cornflakes every night for dinner. Cornflakes, cornflakes, cornflakes. <laughs> Not barbecue cornflakes. <laughs> Not cornflakes Cajun style. Not cornflakes souffle, not salsa in cornflakes, just cornflakes for 40 years. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. 
we're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. Hello, friends. My name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right. We're adding a fourth service. Worship service starts at 7 p.m., and it's for all ages. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.